This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have carry on from First Advantage, and our topic today is many HR hiring teams are frantic to hire. So, can't wait to talk to Carrie uh, and get into this topic. Carrie, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and First Advantage? Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me, first sure. of all. Uh, Carrie Marquis, I'm the Chief Customer Officer here at First Advantage. Uh, My primary role at First Advantage is is really just to lead a culture of of customer obsession and customer-centric vision within and throughout First Advantage. Uh, We're the market leader in HR technology, enabling customers and companies to hire smarter and onboard faster, uh, which is really relevant in today's times. I love it. You know, um, I I, I think I'm pretty sure I saw first. I did. I did. I saw first advantages booth at HR tech and the the messaging was so much different than I remembered years ago, pre-COVID. And it's, you know, because y'all have a a storied history and obviously a publicly traded company, you know, a lot of great success. But I love the way you broaden it out and say like, yeah, we're more than if you thought of us as this way. (laughs) Yeah. We're not that way anymore. Yeah, that and that's one thing that attracted me to come to First Advantage. It's the ever-changing landscape of the HR space we play in, yep. integrating technology into that, and uh, now ever more than than ever before, technology is so important in the HR space and in servicing our customers. So yeah, we we had a great booth this year at HR Tech. We look you forward too. to many years uh, to come at HR Tech, one of my favorite conferences. So. What are you seeing from your customers in terms of like how they're uh, how they're kind of looking at hiring differently now than they did? You know, obviously we can say during COVID and even pre-COVID, but like how's it how's it how's it form right now? Like what do you what trends are you seeing or some issues that you see kind of popping up? Yeah, it's interesting. I've been in this industry, the background screening and and monitoring uh, and and risk mitigation industry for about twenty years, and these are definitely. Um, you know, interesting times for us in, in different times, you know, the situational tailwinds right now that are that are happening when we talk with our customers and specifically HR, when I say customers, right. it's really the HR talent acquisition teams that, that we work with. It's highly emotional. And I think you and I talked about the emotion is, you know, that we hear is that they're frantic to find and frantic to fill. Yeah. Um, you know, and so if you think about the low unemployment, there's high demand in a lot of different industries um, and a, a huge amount of job changing and switching happening. Um, it's just really interesting times. And, you know, I know in, at HR Tech, you and I talked about, you know, kind of coming out of that great resignation uh, that was happening kind of post-COVID. And what that meant for our customers is, you know, great onboarding. So amount of strain and pressure that are, that are coming out of our, you know, our HR 
contacts within our customer base, you know, the amount of stress and pressure coming out of there is just immense. And we're having to meet sort of those demands and solve for those problems. It's such a weird time. And it's, it's when you read like popular press, it sounds like we're, it's at least historically, it would sound like we're an employer driven market where employers can do anything they want and hire. There's thousands of candidates for every job and this, that, and the other, but it's not that way. It, it it may appear that way. It may appear in certain jobs, of course, that way. But really, it's still a candidate, very much of candidate driven market. And and I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not sure uh, people recognize that. Like candidates, especially Gen Z and, and uh, some of the younger millennials, they just won't take a job. Like if they don't agree with it or it doesn't align with their values or you know other other things, they they just won't. They don't feel compelled to have a job like maybe I would uh, at their exactly. age. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we handle a lot of high volume hiring right. uh, customers within our, our verticals. And, you know, that, that is exactly a demographic that we have to, to come and meet and, and, you know, deliver on their demand. And we find specifically within, you know, that high volume hiring space that candidate, to your point, they won't tolerate a slow paper process that doesn't feel, you know, quote unquote, right. feel a certain way. It has to be, you know, technology driven, mobile friendly. It has to meet that demand and it has to feel good, right. uh, you know, and be almost a non event. So, uh, you know, I had a cut, we were talking to a customer that mentioned, you know, she needs it quick and fast and it, it needs to be inspirational. And, you know, we painted a picture, we said, you know, imagine a world where, you know, we put your candidate through the process or standing in line at, at Starbucks or something like that to get a cup of coffee. And, you know, they answer through text. And by the time they pick up their cup of coffee, their process is completed. And it, it was a really just unique experience. And, and she said, that's exactly what we need. Um, because that candidate probably has five other job offers and, you know, they, they have that freedom to your point. So we're still seeing that. Well, there uh, at a period during COVID, what I was seeing in high volume is they would accept multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. And then the story was they'd, they'd go to the first, the first day or two. And if they didn't like it, they just wouldn't go back. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we are the first touch point and a lot of these candidates experience with the potential new employer. So you have to meet a certain standard and a certain right. level of experience, or again, they just won't tolerate it. And, you know, out of that pressure, you know, huge pressure comes that innovation. And, and we've really had to just meet that demand and change the way we've done things or thought about things that, you know, are unique in our industry. And, um, you know, in order to to satisfy our customers and please those candidates. So it's, yeah, very unique times. <laughs> we live in interesting times. Um, you know, what's what's interesting is the, you know, you said background screening, uh, it, it, you know, in your experience. And one of the things I've seen it morph into is more identity verification. Mm-hmm. Uh, background, background screening still, it's always going to be important. It's like something that's, that's never, I mean, it's just risk. If you don't exactly. do it right, so so, do we explain that, or do you feel like that that we need to explain that to candidates? Like, okay, this is what this is, or this is what this process is, and what it entails. Like, do they need to know what's how the sausage is made, and in, in terms of uh, verifying their identity? 
Yeah. How we, whenever you have to explain your product to someone, I, I feel like there's a flaw in that design of that product. Right. right. So we really, you know, we build dynamic, intuitive. Um, situations where you don't really have to explain, you guide them through it. I, oh, you, cool. It's interesting you mentioned identity and and fraud, um, you know, risk mitigation. It's right. it's so much more now than just background screening. Right. You know, it's, it's having that facial recognition and that identity where you know if you're doing a remote hiring or a remote um, interview process and that individual shows up on the first day, it it should be the same person you were interviewing with. Uh, you would hope. And so we've had to build products um, to meet just the new environment. Uh, and then also monitoring. Once you have them on board in your organization, how are you making sure that they are not having any sort of behavioral issues that don't align with your company culture and safety and, and risk profiles? So it's a holistic candidate, um, an employee um, you know, life cycle that we're that we're we're meeting and it and it is so unique. I think most people don't understand that. Okay, if you're doing if you do the identity verification pre-hire, which is great, and you should check, everyone knows that. But if you don't monitor going forward, they could do stuff on social. Okay, so there's all of that exposure for your brand and for your company, but then there's also uh, illegal. Uh, you know, somebody could get you know popped for a felony, and they don't necessarily have to disclose that. And now you've got risk associated with that. And so, I mean, if you, if I think sometimes people look at that and they're like, "Well, that seems a little big brotherish." I'm like, "Well, you know, first of all, you've got a brand and a company to protect." The and the, and again, if we think about it from a recruiting perspective. This is what candidates want to know. They want to know about the company. And if all they can see or if they see negative stuff that could have been easily prevented, then then why wouldn't you do that? Do you what you I know you have to explain this or talk to your customers about this stuff. So I'm sure you get a lot of the same types of things coming at you. Yeah, exactly. I know on one of your your previous podcasts recently, um, one of your guests was mentioning standardizing interviewing processes mm -hmm. that your company really wants to have standardized processes. It's the same with with the screening and the onboarding process. You want to have that as standardized as you can um, to protect your brand. And you know, we found when we surveyed our customers, you know, a lot of them were looking at social media, even though it wasn't a standard part of the process and they were doing it, you know, through their own personal accounts. And, you know, we've had to say like, bring your whole process, uh, you know, up above, uh, you know, on the table and, and build the social screening process into your, into your, your policy, your screening and onboarding policy. And, and we have that service that we do offer. And we find that, you know, some customers look at it to your point to, to make sure that the candidate isn't doing something, um, you know, out in the public that could potentially conflict with, with the brand and the policy. But we found a lot of customers use it if they have two equal candidates and they look for someone who's doing charity work or, you know, really promoting a you know, characteristics that do align with that brand. And um, oh, that's so a good point. Yeah. So it's, it could be used on both sides of the spectrum, you know, and also the monitoring, but it is interesting. And that is a product that wasn't in the market 10 years ago that is, you know, very widely um, 
um, adopted in many of the company's policies now. So oh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's great because I automatically went, you know, kind of cynical and, and negative. But you're right; there's a lot of positive things that could come from it that that maybe people don't even know. You know, they they live their life on Twitter, they do live their personal life on Twitter, and you wouldn't know that. Uh, unless you see it and and they're doing great stuff or they're doing really, really interesting things. So that, I love that. I want yeah. to ask about remote hybrid and flexible kind of work environments with the, maybe, maybe the non-hourly folks that you work with or, or maybe even the hourly uh, folks that you work with, but you know, because of COVID it's changed kind of the, the, uh, the mix of, of, of how we look at talent. And how we how talent interacts, especially in a corporate environment, how talent interacts with the, the company. How does how is that or has that impacted in the way that we look at you know what y'all do and in, in the process? Yeah, a couple of things. I think those identity products, um, mm-hmm. you know, that and the fraud and identity products are becoming more and more popular. Um, we also, you know, really had to look at our products and design for the contracting workforce. Right. So. A lot companies, you know, are, are now relying on more contracted workers as they're looking to flex either way up, down, um, fast or slower, whatever it may be. So how do you screen a, you know, a contract employee versus a direct hire? So, you know, we give best practice guidance and in solution in that avenue as well. And, and that's a very popular uh, conversation that we're having with our customers. So it's just being nimble and dynamic. And then again, just, you know, keeping our finger on the pulse, communicating with our customers, engaging our customers a lot through, um, you know, customer collaboration events, um, product roadmap um, discussions to make sure that we're ready to change on a moment's notice. Like I know our all of our HR partners had to do during COVID, you know, they had to, to be really nimble and quick and change policies that sometimes hadn't been touched in 20 years. So um, just really, really interesting times. So when we, we put Frantic into the title, I think one of the things that you and I kind of thought about is, is you know, this consumerization of technology, the experience that candidates desire. And if we don't meet them with that, where they desire, you know, whether it's, if it's mobile and text and, you know, within seconds and things like that, then we're just going to miss them. They're just going to move on to kind of the next thing. And so I wanted to kind of peel back Frantic. Are they Frantic or are they Frantic to, uh, is it? frantic to interact with candidates, frantic to make the decisions. Like what, what do you think? What do you, when we say frantic, what do we think we mean? Yeah, I think the stress level um, in, you know, the contacts that we talk to day to day within our customer base and even the, the executive team over the HR um, space that, that I interact with, you know, the, the emotions and the temperament, I use the word frantic because I've heard that word many times from our customer. I think just if you take the last two years and you put them together, if you think about any organization and the emotions and the, the stress that HR has had to go through, through again, creating new policies through COVID, sending, you know, 100% of their workforce home in some cases, only to 12 months later have to bring everyone back, um, you know, flexing up in, in certain areas, um, now kind of, you know, if they had to go through downsizing, now they have to restaff entire organizations within, a, you know, 30 days. I think the time period at which the stress has maintained continues. And now we're seeing, you know, still having to do massive hiring events, 
um, expansion into some markets that they haven't been in, hiring certain types of employees that they've never had to hire. You know, if you look into, um, you know, transportation, expanding into contracting workforces and things like that, it's just, I've never seen HR have to go through so much change and so much rapid pace um, within a condensed period of time. And um, it, it's it's wonderful to watch. You know, it's the business processing and the innovation happening within HR is is amazing to watch and really inspiring overall. So, you know, the frantic again co- just comes from those emotional conversations where we have customers call us saying, "This is <laughs> new." You know, this is the new set of problems that was thrown on my desk Friday oh, yeah. afternoon. Oh, yeah. What do you recommend? What's your guidance? What should we do? Yeah. Um, what direction? CEO so, now wants half of the mix to be uh, uh, gig workers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We've never exactly. hired a gig worker before. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. So how does that work? And they're, and they're figuring it out. You know, yeah. again, it's it's a great time to be in HR. You know, I think I mentioned to you before, great time to be in our HR tech because it's tech is in this space is solving more problems than ever before. Um, but you're really seeing HR leading a lot of a lot of these organization strategies and a lot of emphasis and again pressure being put on HR and talent acquisition teams like I've never seen in my career. So um, it's it's fun to play in right now. It's a fun space. It's interesting to watch. You know, I think, you know, your podcasts are always really interesting because you cover so many topics that are relevant. Um, but the the pressure and that frantic emotional state is, is still there. We're still seeing yeah. it. Well, it's, it's, I think they were always quietly innovating. So I think you know the 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 both in technology and 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 in the profession, it's just it was kind of a quiet you know kind of kind of went along behind the scenes etc. But when they were forced into the limelight you know in in uh, February of twenty or March of twenty, it, it literally HR had to rise up if they weren't already there and then communicate everything that was going on. Which I think you know the first thing. There's so many people that I can think of that just rose to the occasion. The profession rose to the occasion. It also kind of created some some burnout as well, because you know there's just it was so much with with the pandemic. There was just so much going on where people just they were just taxed. So have you have you seen now? Now we're a little way, a little well, hopefully a little far away from some of that burnout. Have you seen some of the? some of those folks be reinvigorated by all this in in, in innovation or are they yeah. overwhelmed by it? <laughs> like no, what's... It's, it's overwhelming. It's almost stress in a good way. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, good way of putting it. exactly. It's, it's, it's feel good stress, if you will. And um, the sense of community, I think we all saw this throughout the last you know two years, the sense of community that has been built through that stress and pressure is, is really neat to watch as well. We've created a lot of um, kind of social and networking events for our customers to come together and you know, we just act as the conduit to bring our customers together. If it's a topic or a webinar or something like that, or we have our our annual um, collaborate event where we bring all of our customers together and give them topics and just let them go. And we learn so much from them, and they learn so much from each other. And you've we've even seen really nice personal friendships be developed. Um, you know, in our product steering committees and things like that, people come together and it's almost like a, I don't want to call it a therapy session, but, um, 
you know, different companies, even from different industries, find that they're solving, trying to solve for the same things. Right. Uh, it's really a neat thing to watch. Um, and what comes out of that, that mind share that comes out of that is just great to watch. It's they're flexing different muscles for sure. That's, and it's, it's really interesting to see them thrive in this way. This, this, this uh, kind of, uh, like I said, this, this good stress, uh, it, this is, it's really kind of a fascinating to see the profession flex its muscles and also, again, consume all this innovation from tech process, you know, change management, digitalization, all this stuff that's kind of coming at them. Uh, it's It's been really, really fascinating to see HR and TA actually rise up. And uh, I, I wanted to ask you a question about speed in terms of when we were talking before uh, the candidate's expectations in terms of like, you know, I want to, I want to receive a text, you know, I want to to think in seconds, minutes, and hours, you know, I want it to be a ha happen fast so they can make a decision fast. This is really kind of based on consumer technology, right? So is have you seen that on the HR side too, that they want things to happen faster? Yeah, they want it to happen faster and they need it to happen faster to right. meet their business objectives. Yeah, so it's no longer a nice to have, it's a right. must and a need to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, from a workflow perspective, um, y'all sit on the very very front edge, right? Uh, well, I, I don't want to assume that because I guess y'all could they could place you further in the funnel or further out in the funnel. What? Let me let me ask that and not assume where where your place. Where do you see first advantage being placed in their kind of their recruitment funnel? Yeah, it's it's different. Um, so we have a verticalized go to market strategy. And, you know, so we service, you know, any industry you can imagine. And, and it does vary by industry. So, you know, I think the majority of the time we are up front, you know, in the early stages of the interview, recruiting, right. onboarding, you know, sometimes even the, the, um, um, you know, the, the um, application part of it. Um, and then again, you see some industries like healthcare, where we weave ourselves throughout the uh, life cycle of the employee. So from the the first time they're, you know, the first day they step foot in in that hospital or that facility, all the way through, you know, offboarding and and potentially, um, you know, movement within that organization. So it does depend. We can bend and flex at any point. Um, but I say the majority of times we interact with candidates is really upfront when they are candidates within the life cycle or categorized as candidates before they come on board as as employees. Dumb question alert. Do they if if we're doing a, a background or a identity verification on them, do they do they get it to see like a credit report? Do they oh, get yeah. to see what what's being, you know, like what? what's on their credit report. And I'm saying credit report. It's not that that's not it, obviously, but do they get to see what's being reflected about them? Absolutely. Um, so they get to see it. Um, you mentioned credit report, not too far off, you know, right. uh, our industry is governed by the FCRA. So that fair credit reporting uh, act. So we do have to meet certain guidelines and compliance standards. So absolutely they can, um, you know, they're aware in our whole process using that technology. It's really transparent. Um, in some cases, you know, we we rely, you know, just again, based off the need to deliver almost instant results, right. we rely on a lot of that data that sometimes they can link to us uh, and provide to us and contribute to part of their data set. So yeah, the candidate is involved. Um, you know, again, that experience is a big part of it, especially right. with that 
that um, new generation coming in, they want it to to feel and look uh, and be consumable. So yeah, I can, absolutely. I can, I can see people being really curious. Again, if you you go before you go forward in the process. I'd want to know why. You you don't go forward in the process. I'd want to know why. If I were a candidate, I I just want to know why. Like what's there? Like just like you know, with a credit report, I'd like to, I'd just like to know is there something on there that's either incorrect or if there's something I need to change or address or whatever. So I, I, I think that's fascinating. I didn't, and I didn't know that y'all were governed by the, um, was it the FRCA? FCRA. Yep. Absolutely. That is, I see, I learned something already. So I love <laughs> that. Fantastic. Do you, you talked a little bit about onboarding because coming from the candidate experience into the employee experience, what are you what are you seeing right now innovative innovation wise from your customers in terms of how they onboard talent that's maybe different than what you would have saw a couple of years ago? Yeah, it has so we I was joking with a customer last week. She can onboard an entire customer using their smartphone. So all forms, all wow. processes, I9, you know, all those things you historically think as like a paper, they have to come into a location. You know, the industry has had to innovate to make it quick, you know, almost instant. Uh, customers love that instant word these days. Um, but onboarding a candidate completely through their mobile device, um, and in some cases, same day. Uh, you know, if you think about it, you know, job fairs or things like that, where someone walks in, you know, has to complete a quick, short tech process, and then they start the job, you know, within an hour or two you know, we're having to do that in some cases. So um, onboarding has to be quick, easy, streamlined, efficient, you know, and using that, that various uh, tech stack in order to, to make that happen. Do you see, do you see anything in the, in the world of like pre-boarding where they've accepted the job, but they haven't started the job, uh, you know, officially, do you see anything in between those two things? Um, I think there's, you know, we, we're seeing more training, um, mm. you know, companies inserting various things to introduce a new employee into their culture early on, even oh, before cool. day one, um, the use of video or some sort of interactive, you know, experiences happening. Um, so there's a lot of neat technology. I know there was a, a few conversations like that happening on stage at HR Tech as well as how do you, um, you know, really immerse the person into your culture, even before day one. Um, and that's both ways, right? It benefits the company, but it also benefits the candidate to see, is this, a, is this a company and a culture that I, I feel like I could be a part of that I can contribute to. So I think it's happening early on and it goes back to that experience. I think that, that individuals are looking for these days. Drops Mike walks off stage. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the recruiting daily podcast. Thanks so much, William. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.